Father, we thank you for this word today, God. Father, we ask you to let your word be illuminated in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirits. Father God, let us see the truth that guides us into all truth by the Holy Spirit today, God. Father, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes. Father God, help this word be articulated into our spirits, God, that we can walk by faith, God, and not by sight, that we can walk by keeping our eyes upon you, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Father God. You're the one, Father God, that called us, Father God. You said many are, many are called and few are chosen. Father God, this is a chosen place. We are a chosen people. I decree and declare it in the heavenlies right now, Father God, that the enemy will not pluck any one of us out. The good work that he began in us, he will complete it. And we thank you for that, Father, the author and finisher of our faith. We pray, Holy Spirit, speak today and encourage us in you, in the truth, in the spirit of truth. Come upon us in the fear of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message is called, Faith is an Absolute. This is what I say. Faith is an absolute... Assurance of the outcome. You know, we have in, I don't have that scripture, though it has, but it says that um, faith is evidence of things uh, seen, but um, the evidence, how, how does that scripture go? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Some, the evidence of things not hoped for and the evidence of Well, break it down, let's make it easy. Faith is the absolute assurance of the outcome. So there, in, in, in that, he's saying, your evidence is Jesus. Philippians 3, finally, brother, let's rejoice in the Lord. I write these things unto you, and to me, indeed, not to be grievous, but for you, it is safe. Beware of dog, beware of evil workers, beware of consention, beware of the circumcision which worship God which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ. And have no, this is something I want everybody to remember all through this message right here. Paul is talking about the law, but also we can begin to put our strength in our own power, in our flesh, in different things. And we got to always remember when we start to do that, we start to beat ourselves up. We start to become weary. We start to... Um, the devil starts to get us to think about it's what we do and not do, but it is what we do and not do, but in the sense of God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for us to keep our eyes on Him. Now what I mean in perfection, I mean he's, I'm not talking about sinning. I'm talking about being perfect, doing everything right, and if we don't, then we're, we're not. We're talking about that. Putting our flesh, our, it, it, the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. So only by His Spirit in us, we're going to be able to accomplish what He has for us to do. So, this is what He's saying here. And I have no confidence in the flesh, but some of us, get saved out of, when we get saved in different things, we're in the world, we're, we're business minded, we're this minded, and we can begin to put our confidence back in our strength and what we can do in our carnal man. But God wants us to put all our faith and trust in Jesus and the Word. So, thou might have confidence in the flesh, if any, Paul's saying you might have confidence in the flesh, if, and then he's saying if anybody would be, I would be, because he was, he was one of those law people. And he says, man thinks that he has, wherefore he might trust in the flesh, I more, circumcised on the eighth day, the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, touching the law of Pharisee. 
concerning zeal, persecuted the church. I mean, whatever there was to do, he was at the top of his game doing it. And when it came to this cult that they thought, the Pharisees and Sadducees, Jesus was a cult, and someone bringing a new doctrine because they were blind, and they didn't open their heart, so they couldn't, God couldn't open their eyes. So basically, they, the, the stone that the builders rejected is Jesus. Well, Paul was also rejecting that stone, but God's mercy touched Paul. And then all of a sudden, Paul's eyes were open. Now Paul said, I'm, God said to Paul, I'm going to grab a man like that because of the zeal, and I'm going to turn it around for me. Because he already had a zeal for God, but it was in his own mind. Because you know in the Old Testament, it's all about the flesh, the mind, how you think. Do this, do that. Uh, the Sabbath, you know this, and keeping this, and keeping that. But, but he's saying, those are the things of the flesh. God doesn't want us to depend on the flesh. He wants us to depend on Him. So he goes on all through this, and then he says this. Concerning zeal, he, so he even was the head honcho that was persecuting the church. So all that he did, then all of a sudden, something in him, his good heart or whatever, underneath all that pharisaical things, God saw something. And what God did was God knocked him off his high horse, and he had that encounter on the road to Damascus, and then his eyes were open, and God said, I'm going to show you everything you're going to go through uh, for, for me. And then God's, Paul ended up turning that zeal around for the right things. So a Hebrew among Hebrews. And then he says this. But what things were gained to me. So all that was so important to him. His, his, his title in the religious community. His uh, zeal. All, his, all the little things he used to do. You know, all the ordinances. You know, the all the things that the Jewish people do, that was so important to him. But he says he's counting it all done. But oh, us, now let's focus now. But we're Gentiles. Now we come into the kingdom. We have pagan holidays. We have pagan things. We have all these other things. And then God's like saying, we need to let those, all these things go that were so important to you. Traditions of man make the gospel unaffected. So he's saying, it's okay, if, but to make them so important above me. So what he's saying is this, even to us Gentiles, we have to not put our confidence in the flesh. We don't put our confidence in our own strength. So what he's saying is, don't even the Gentiles cannot put their confidence in their old things. And we're going to go into here even in the family, in the different things, in your traditions, in your culture. You know, all of us come from different backgrounds. And we all have different ways our families do things in the way. But in the kingdom, the Word of God renews our mind and we begin to think like Christ. He said, let this mind be in you. That's also what in Christ. So that's a promise that God wants to renew our mind by the washing of the water of the Word of God. So it's a continuous meditation. And who is the Word of God? Jesus. So remember that right there. No confidence in the flesh. And then he goes on, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss. And many say that Paul even had a wife. And the wife didn't get converted. And the wife wasn't going to leave the community. Paul had to disown everything that he knew, everything he knew to follow Christ. And, then, and, 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 and in this, when Jesus started picking his disciples, he started telling them, about what it's going to be like to follow Christ. See, we have carnality Christianity where it's like just pick a religion and be a nice person and do a few things. But God wants to take over. He wants to be 
are everything. It says love God with all your heart, all your mind, all that is within you. And there's no way to do that if we're, if we're carnally minded because the carnal mind is enmity, is separation with God according to the Word. But what things were gained to me, those I count loss for Christ. God wants us to lose some things today that we feel are gained, that are holding us back from the kingdom, that are holding us back from giving all to Jesus. He says, Doubtless to count all these things but lost, but the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them all but dung. All but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, that's where you got the, of the flesh, which is in the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, that the righteousness which is of, of God by faith. See, now our righteousness is allocated by our faith in His righteousness, how righteous He is. Our faith is being hidden in Him because of the blood of Jesus that sets us free, that makes us clean. So if we try to clean ourselves even though faith without works is dead. I'm not saying we don't do nothing, but the things that if we're trying to do things in our own strength to be righteous, then we become self-righteous, then we become prideful, and then we actually become resisted by God because the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble and resists the proud. So that's what's going on a lot of things around. People are expecting people to do things that they don't have the strength or the power to do without the submission to the Holy Spirit. And it, that is the grace that we live and, and breathe. The grace meets us for salvation, and it's not by works that any man should boast. Then we have this living grace in us that is there to help us accomplish the things that we cannot do in our own strength. So the devil wants to start to get us to do things in the flesh. And being found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is God by faith, that I may know Him. Everybody say, may know Him. And the power of His resurrection. God wants us to know the power of His resurrection. The Bible also says that this same power that's in Christ Jesus is inside of us and shall quicken our mortal bodies. So that same power might not look like a lot of power right now, but one day that, that's the same power that is inside of you that's going to raise you from the dead or make you meet Him in the air if you haven't died yet and change your, your decaying body into a new into. To, to the new bodies that He has for us, for the bodies made for eternity. That power is in you right now. God wants us to learn that power and tap into that power and start to use that power in faith in everything that we have to accomplish on this earth. Religion just says, oh, wait for God to do everything. God says, I've done everything on the cross and I've given you authority and power on this earth. Subdue it. Not found in Him, not having my own righteousness. Then may I know Him in the power of His resurrection, the fellows and the fellowship of His sufferings. I just got something from what's going on in China. We are in a delusion here because everything's so easy and good and we can, we, can, we can talk about Jesus, we can do this. You know, a lot of people might get mad, but the thing is the persecution now is by the IRS and by people in your family, by bad looks, because that's all they can do legally. But when, when it's going to be illegal to be a Christian, there's going to be a lot more evil things done to Christians because people don't want to be that evil because they don't want to go to jail. But in their heart is wicked and they do hate 
the Jew and the Gentile, and they hate Christ. It's the Antichrist spirit. So when they begin to change these laws, just like in China, they're, they're, these churches are killing, these churches are coming and changing the Bible so they're being able to worship. And these churches, and they're killing people, and nobody's talking about it. You know, somebody goes and kills five people, and the whole world finds out about it. But just three weeks ago, 300 Christians got killed in, the, in there, and nobody talks about it. But they're so, why? Because it's the world, and they're so concerned about the world, but they don't care about Christians. Because if they were, they'd go send the military and go, they'd go help them in the jungle and different places where they're being taken, right? So we got to understand, even though we're not under this major persecution in America right now, there's a silent persecution, there's an ignoring, there's a, there's a, there's a, a love of many is growing cold inside of their hearts. So it says that, they may, that we might know Him. By any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I already obtained, either have already perfect, but I follow after, if I may apprehend that which I also am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting those things behind. Even tomorrow, you messed up, you got to forget that. If you bring yesterday into today, it's going to screw up your today. Even when you wake up, His mercies are new every morning. Let it go. So you messed up. So you said it wrong. Repent and move forward because the devil wants to keep you into yesterday, but God wants to take you into tomorrow. Amen. So He says, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before us. Reaching forth. like Reaching forth. And remember, way back I said, there's no way you can be keep looking back and holding on to yet these things in the past and reaching forth. You're, you, you, get, you get caught in the middle and, and your past is pulling you one way and, 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 and God in the future pulling you the other way and you're getting split in half and the Bible says the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, receiving nothing from God. God wants us to have the full assurance in what He said is in the outcome. I'm trying to get back to the beginning title. So, nevertheless, let us therefore as many be perfect be thus minded, and if there any be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even unto you. Nevertheless, we have already obtained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. That's in unity of the Spirit. Nevertheless, wherefore we already obtained, let us walk in the same rule and let us mind the same thing. Brother and followers together of me and mark them that walk so as you have for an example." For many walk of whom I have told you often and have I told you and even weeping that they are enemies of the cross, enemies of the power of God. The cross is what gave us power to be able to be overcomers on the earth. It wasn't our flesh. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. See, we need, see, so religion says this, oh, be so heavenly minded, you're, you're, don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But Jesus says, be totally heavenly minded so you can be strong on there. Jesus was totally heavenly minded and he was the most effective witness ever of himself on the earth. And He wants us to, we are made in the image of God. God wants, when He puts that new spirit in us, wants that new image to be, be magnified. And he is the light inside of us. Now He says, you are the light of the world. You are not supposed to be hidden. And be followers together of Me and mark them which walk as an example.
For our conversation is in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look. He's talking to, the, to this church and to every church. If we're doing the right thing, God, this is word is for us. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned unto the glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. It's funny, everybody loves to quote Paul in different areas. Remember that cherry picking thing that I wrote on Facebook? You guys got to read that. But the things that God wants us to mortify the deeds of the flesh and these different things, people say, ah, they don't want to talk about that. It's, and it turns into hyper grace and hyper love. But we got to understand that God doesn't want anything to be over excessive to where we get off track. He wants us to be balanced in truth. Forgetting those things behind. Matthew, go to Matthew 14, 15-33. Now we're going to see, see how Jesus was speaking. In the evening, His disciples came to Him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that I may go into the villages and buy myself victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not to depart. Give ye me to eat. So now Jesus is with them, right? They obviously were being taught and learning who He really was. So already they're trying to figure out, what are we going to do? And He's like, you don't need to figure out when I'm right here what you need to do. I'll tell you what to do. And a lot of us got to remember that He's with us. We need to like Joe was preaching on, on Wednesday. So, prayer and subjection. God will tell you what to do when you need to do it. Jesus said unto them, Need not to depart, give me, them, give me to eat. And he said unto them, But we here are five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down in the grass. And he took five loaves and two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed it and broke it. And gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples to the multitude. So he gave it to his disciples, and then this, when the disciples started to give him, it started to multiply. It was in the multitude. And they did all eat, and they were filled. And they took up all the fragments that remained. There was 12 baskets. 12 is the number of government. 12 is the number of apostles. 12 is the number of the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 is a significant number of apostolic so it's funny that there was 12 baskets left over full. And they, because what? Jesus brought the kingdom down. There's no way to do anything real on this unless you bring the kingdom. The Bible says He's given us the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound. That means that we have, we have earthly authority in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus said that to Peter. He said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And then there's the key of David in the book of Revelations that opens doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. But you can't get all that in religion and find out what you can really do and really have. You know, the storm is going the way. Now the other way, because many people with authority prayed, I believe. And you know, no, one's gonna, no, there's, no one can prove that. But days before, it was going all the way one way. And remember the last time Irma came here, that one in Elaine's house, I came out and I said it. And right then it went in to Venice, over around and all that. And everyone came and testified about the authority because I got angry in my spirit and I came out with the Holy Spirit on me and I said 
because I didn't have insurance, nothing, and fear was trying to come on us, and we just took it. And it was the exact time, the thing, it was unheard of. It did one of these. It's going up the coast, boom, in, up, back over, and back on course to where it's supposed to be. And no, can we prove it? But we know we better. God better says, you better believe that that happened when you said it, Amen. or you have little faith. So he's saying, and he blessed it and broke it and gave the loaves to his disciples and the multitude and they did eat. And there was fragment and the twelve were laid. And he said, and they eaten and the five, five thousand men beside him and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go unto the other side. And why he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain. So Jesus sent them on the boat, sent the multitude away. He goes up on the mountain and to pray. And when he was in, the, so I know what happened on the mountain. The Holy Spirit, which is God, I mean, he's, he is too, but he was praying to the Father even when he was here. The Father said, go Go and do what he's going to do and all that. Okay, because he was in prayer. And when the evening come, he was there alone. But the ship was not, it was in the midst of the sea. Being tossed by the waves. And the wind was contrary, coming against it. The storm was all around them. And in the fourth watch in the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? Or they're saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out with fear. They cried out with fear. This is right after. Now remember, Jesus was with them. And then Jesus multiplied the bread. They just saw the miracle. Now they're on the boat. And there's a storm. Because I'm going to show you in this message four places Jesus rebuked them for their faith. And he said, And we're troubled, saying, It is the Spirit. And he cried out, they cried out with a straightway. Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. That's what we want to hear in storms in our life. Jesus breaking through. Say, Don't worry about it. Peace in the storm. I mean, we have storms all the time. Storms in family. Storms in crisis. Storms in you know, in finances, whatever might God might be using to create faith in you and patience inside of you. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, the storm won't affect us. So he said, And be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, or be thou you, bid me to come onto the water. So he's, in other words, he's saying in English today, if that's you, Jesus, call me and I'll come. If that's you, Jesus, upon your word, I'll, I'll go. If that's you, Jesus, you're the word, tell me and I can do it. We, had to ha we have to have that same tenacity with the word of God. Because in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And you guys know the rest. And Jesus is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us and now He's inside of us. Amen. And He said, Come, Peter, come down out of the ship. He walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. 
before he was even baptized in the Holy Spirit, before he spoke in other tongues, before he did uh, with the Holy Spirit, he, he did that. Uh, before he even, the Holy Ghost came as, as the promise in, in Acts chapter 2. On the water to go to Jesus. But when, look at this is very crucial. But when he saw the wind, boisterous, the loud winds, he was afraid. And in the beginning he began to sink and he cried saying, Lord save me. When did he stop walking on the water? When do ministries get stuck? When do we start to get in tr problems? When he took his eye off the Word. Jesus is the Word, right? When he took his eyes off Jesus, instead of focusing on the Word, because the Word tells us who we are, what we have, and what He'll do for us, and what we have, when we begin to listen to namesayers, uh, unbelievers, religious people, or people that try to say, hey, calm down, you're just... And then all of a sudden... We begin to get complacent. We begin to get apathetic. Because why? We're, we're, we're listening to our, our, our carnal mind instead of listening to our spirit and what Jesus is telling us. Because if He said to come, we need to go. So Peter began to sink when he put his eyes on something else than Jesus. When he began to pay attention to something else than the Word of God. Jesus said, come. But he saw the wind's voice and he, and he began to sink, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and he caught him and said unto him, My gosh, he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did you thou doubt? And I'm like, my God, two steps, three steps on the water. I bet you... They'll want to put us on God TV and 10,000 people want. And Jesus is rebuking him. God wants way more. He walked on the water and Jesus rebuked him because he, not, I don't believe he rebuked him because he walked, didn't walk on the water further enough, because he didn't keep his eyes on him. Because he didn't keep walking to him all the way. Because he wanted to meet Jesus to meet him. And, but he knew that would happen and, he, and, and, and it was a great, but, but all of them, and the boat saw that. And I'm sure Peter was, they started saying, what is he doing? He can't do that. What is going on? But nobody else tried to get out and walk either, did they? Only Peter. I would have been like, Lord, I want to come. I want to walk on the water. I mean, I mean, you never see Peter going back later to him bragging about, I walked on the water with Jesus. You better listen to me. Like many ministers will do, start talking and boasting on their own on their own ministries, own miracles, and different things that God's doing. No. So immediately he stretched forth his hand and caught him. God's always there to catch us, but he wants us to be able to walk on our own. Oh, faith, uh, little faith, wherefore did you doubt? And come into the ship, and the wind ceased. And right when the... Then they that were in the ship came, and they worshipped, saying, saying the truth, thou art the Son of God. Now, Jesus said, Blessed are you that don't see and believe. They were seeing Him doing all this and they were having a hard time believing. And God's expecting us that we don't see Him or walking with Him in the flesh that we're more blessed than those that, and we're doing that. So He says, Account you to be blessed when you follow Him when you can't see Him. And they were with Him all 
talking about this, but the funny thing is, right when he got in the ship, the storm stopped. So what do you think? He was in prayer. Jesus was led to send them away. He was in prayer. God the Father the, sent this storm. It was all a test and training for them and tells Jesus, now go meet them and see where they're at. See, sometimes God's sending storms in your life to see where you're at in your faith. God will send storms in your life just to see where you are. You're going to keep your eyes on the problem or on Him. And once we begin to, the storms stop coming because Satan, and some storms are sent by our, on, on, the storm that came to Jonah was sent because of his, his disobedience. This storm was to, to test their faith. And then we know that storms come in our life because we don't obey God or we sin. So we know that storms come for all different reasons. In this case, it was a great storm because the minute Jesus walked in the, in the water, He stopped the storm. What storm are you going through in your life that you need to put your eyes back on Jesus today? Let's see another place where He brought... Four places Jesus rebuked them for their faith. One was clothing, Luke 12, 15-32. And said unto them, Take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. He spoke a parable on it, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns. In other words, he's going to, we say, and in in, in we're going to um, remodel, we're going to, um, what do you call that? Renovate. Renovate. When we want to make a few extra rooms, so this guy's going to tear down half the barn and make it bigger to bestow all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, thou night, thou soul shall be required of thee. And whose shall these things be that have been, that, that which thou hast provided? So he said, The same as those who lay up treasure for themselves, and is not rich toward God. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no, everybody say, Take no thought. For your life. In these areas, what you shall eat, neither for your body, what you shall put on. Thy life is more than what you eat, and what you wear is what he's saying, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens. Then he's saying, now Jesus is saying, look at the ravens. They don't sow or reap, and God takes care of them. He's saying, they, they neither sow nor reap, neither, neither have storehouses. Why? Because God wants us to be like that in the kingdom, where the bird doesn't wake up and say, oh my God, the seeds might dry up. I just saw the news today and there's going to be a recession. And the bird's going to tell all the other birds, we better store up. No, there, God wants us to be like that. Instinct, knowing in the kingdom. Like that, wake up, it's there, we're going to do it. What do we got to do, God? And keep going, right? But in the world, it tells you to fear. Because Satan is the God of this world and his weapon is fear. Fear of anything. Fear of touch, taste, and feel. So, it says, take no thought for your life. Take no thought, neither for your body. And he says, look at the birds or the ravens in this one. And in, 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 in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about the birds in the air. And he's talking about the ravens here. And it's a storehouse, nor they don't, but God feeds them. How much more are you better than the birds? You're made in His image. Now you're born again. Now you have... So whatever struggles you're going through is be probably because you're not trusting Him or you're putting things before Him out of fear and He's not going to 
give you more abundance because you're putting things before Him. Because He wants you to have faith in Him only. And which you takes no thought can add a cubit stature. And then He says, Be not able that thing which is least, take no thought for the rest. Consider, then He's talking about clothes. Consider the lilies, how they grow and they toil, not that they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. And if God so clothed the grass, which is, is today in the field and tomorrow cast in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Here it is. O yea of little faith. Seek not, yea, what you shall eat or what you shall Drink, neither be doubtful in mind. See, it takes faith to do that. Assurance of the outcome. We need to get that. No matter what trial we go through, no matter what storm is going on. And seek not what you shall eat and what you and neither be doubtful in mind. For these things do all the nations in the world seek after, and the Gentiles seek after. But your father knoweth that you have need of these things. So he knows what we need. But rather seek, yea, the kingdom of God and all these things. And, the, and in Matthew 6 says, Seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And only in Luke here it talks about the kingdom of God. But we know Jesus said that the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. That is the definition of the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said, if you want to see the kingdom manifest, then the glory in you. Says, Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then you know that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. And then he tells us to repent for the kingdom of God is nigh unto you. It is the absence of darkness. It is the power, the ult ultimate power from above. And God is the king, and we are now ambassadors of that kingdom. Paul said we are ambassadors, we are pilgrims in this world. So God wants us to start to operate from that realm instead of this realm. And that's why the keeping our eyes on Jesus, can, we can do that. And people say, oh, that's not possible. But God, even if we, we, we at least need to be making that, that's why that first scripture, he said, forgetting those things behind, at least making us strive some people might be, but at least we're going forward. Because he said, if we're not going forward, we're going backwards. And again with the food, he says in Matthew 16, 7, 9. And reason not among themselves, saying, is it because we have taken over? So remember, he just did a miracle. And they're on the boat. And, they're, and, and when Jesus perceived them saying, they said, yea, of little faith. Why reason among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. Because he's the bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And if we got our eyes on Jesus, He has everything. Everything. Do you not understand? Neither remember. Then He said, remember. See, forget those things of the world. Forget those things of carnality. Forget those things behind that all your failures and things. But remember what He's done in your life. Remember how He's moved in your life. Remember how He's moved all the time. Not, don't remember the time the devil got a hold. Don't remember the negative, but remember Him and press forth to the mark of the high calling. Receive you of little faith reason. You are not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand and how I took. He's like, don't you remember what I did? Why today are you worried again? I'm right here. Is he right there in your life? You better make him right there. And the other one was the unbelief about fear. 
And we read some of that right now, but right now in Matthew 8, 18-27. Now when Jesus saw the great multitude about him, he gave a commandment and said, Depart on the other side. Certain scribes said unto the Master, follow, I'll follow you. How many say that all the time? God, I'll follow you. I want to follow you, Jesus. I'll go wherever you go. And then Jesus said, And then foxes have holes, and birds of the air have no nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And another of his disciples said to him, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And there arose a great tempest. Now I'm not saying God might send you to your family to minister. He'll say, but when, you, when these things... These traditions, these things pull you away from following Him with everything. Then what happens? We become more like God wants to deliver us. How many know that even people in different cultures have different ways they roll? These are carnal, um, familiar spirits of, of the culture, of the strongholds over regions. If you, if you say that, you know, Jewish people, they say there's certain, you get these jokes and Polish people and, and the, these different, um, because they've known to have these certain traits. But see, when you're in the kingdom, all those traits go away and you're all, there's no, there's no male, no female, they're all one in Christ, when we're in Christ Jesus. There's no Jew nor Greek, there's no black nor white, there's no, because we're now of another kingdom. So we need to understand that, that God wants to do that in us to give Him glory. So incidents and, and, and then He said, Follow me and let the dead be. And then He said, He entered in the ship and the disciples followed Him. And He said, And the waves and were covered and the ship was covered with waves and He fell asleep. And His disciples came to Him and awoke Him saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Wait a second, what? Let me look at something right here. That's chapter 8. What was that last chapter? Were they, was it before that one or was it in Luke? Matthew 14. Matthew 8. So we already, then they did it again in Matthew 14 when he came walking on the... Now in Matthew 8, He's rebuking them again for the same thing, for their circumstances. He said this, And when he was entered in the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, as much as the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. Maybe now he's in the boat. Okay, another level. Now I'm going to send him out in the boat in Matthew 16, without me, and see how they handle it. Maybe that's what the test was, because the first time he was in the boat, so of course if they get in another storm and Jesus is in the boat with them, they might be like, there's no way I'm going to get afraid here. He'll rebuke me. So now maybe the second test probably came to send them on their own and see how they, how they, how they fare well. And, and we saw what happened in that. That's pretty cool. And he said unto them, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose, and he rebuked the winds, and there was a great calm. And men marveled, saying, What manner of man this is, that even the winds and the sea obey him. And he's given us that same authority. 
That's what he said to us. We have that same authority. And you might not see it because you can't really see it unless you really see it. You know, you can't really see, you know, some sort of have a measure of faith of something. But, you know, he said, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you'll say to that mountain, be there removed and cast in the sea and, and have not doubt. Remember when Jesus was walking and, and he said he cursed that tree. The next day he came back and saw it. See, Jesus knew when he walked by that tree, the next day it would be dead. What did he have? He had the, faith, the, the absolute assurance of the outcome. Until we get the absolute insurance of the outcome, we're going to waver. We have to have the absolute assurance of the outcome. And who is the Word? And Jesus. We have to have the absolute assurance of this Word in our life. Amen? Amen. And He said unto them, Why are you fearful? And He arose and rebuked the winds. And the last thing, and I'm going to close the last couple of scriptures, is you rebuke them also on their authority and power. So there's four places he rebuked them on having fear. Well, we're not, we're, you know, I can't, you know, a lot of people know that a lot of things people do is not out of fear of having, but out of fear of not having one day. And that means that they put their, 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 putting their own strength in, in what they can store up. Why do you think in the wilderness, he said, do not save any food for tomorrow. Tomorrow, and then everyone did it anyway, and it all rotted, and then they couldn't touch it. He was trying to teach them on trust. Amen. And then he said the same thing with the, with, the, with the bread, and it all got moldy. And then because he wanted them to depend on him. And as Christians now in the Spirit, God wants us to depend on him, not on man, but on Him. And when we depend on Him, He'll use man to do things. He'll use supernatural things. I know uh, people that have had money mysteriously be put in their bank, but I'm sure it wasn't because they had their, their eye on the bank all the time. The Holy Spirit said, oh, go look at your bank account. And it was like, oh, what did the, how did that happen? Should I go report it? What do I do? Am I going to get in trouble? This is the questions they're asking. And they went to the the say the rest of the story, they went to the bank and said, oh, everything's right here. And, and can you document that? Got a document? And, and got, I mean, how hard would it be for God to, to do something? Anything. You know, if he put a coin in the fish's mouth, when, yeah. when Peter needed taxes, could he not put a gold bar worth a million dollars on your, on your dresser? Yeah. I mean, but he's not going to do that if you have covenant. He's not going to do that if you're trying to store up. He's going to do that if you need to do a crusade, if you need to take care of people. If you, and that's why, what was the fish representing? People, souls. And they, the, the, the devil was trying to come and say, hey, you can't get, you got to go make your tax money here. You can't go follow him. You owe us taxes. And Jesus says, go, go throw, go, throw, throw the, the hook out and the first fish you catch. And now what do he say? I'm going to make you fishers of men. So the first time you start going, out of, going after God's heart, then He does take care of all of your needs. Lack of power. Matthew 17, 15-18 Lord, have mercy on my, my son. He's a lunatic, sore, vexed, and oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus said unto them, O faithless, perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? And I'm like, come on, Jesus. They didn't even have the Holy Spirit yet. But remember, He already sent them out. He was giving them authority even in His name. 
He said, I send you out and in my name you'll cast out. We have more power and more than just his name right now. We have the same power working in us. But God's not going to, the gun's loaded, but God's not going to pull the trigger until you know how to handle it too. He's not going to pull the trigger if you're going to use it for your own glory. He's not going to pull the trigger if you're trying to, and, or, or you'll, he'll start pulling the trigger and say, you know what? Let the devil take you over and, and use you. I don't want to be used by God. I want to be working with him. Working with him. Partnership. That's right. And he said, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. There's a lot of children that need to be cured. And I don't think the children that are born into these different things, it's going to be hard because it's not like they're making all these agreements. There's just comes from the curse and people coming from families and traditions. But how much more than, you know, we went on an outreach yesterday and we ran into the woman that said she was the Messiah over here on the bus, you know, right down on the beach. You know, I had enough word before the devil took over her or mind or something. But it was really, it was really a scary little uh, episode. We all went in the bus. She said, oh, when you come back, bring the peace pipe, you know. She's telling us, you know, we tried to give her food. It had to all be organic. And we're like, this is bare. It's pretty good. No, I am buying. She's like, nope, it needs this seal. And no, she said, I'm going to keep the, keep it. And get rid of it. I don't want nobody to eat it. And then on the way out, and she's got her bottle of booze on the counter. And then on the way out, she tells us to bring back the peace pipe when we come. And I'm like, and telling us that, the, that her body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, okay, so you're eating organic, great, whatever. So, but you're smoking weed and drinking. And it's like, she needs to be delivered. But God didn't deliver Probably because she'd get more demons because she's made an agreement in that in her life. But little kids should be easy. They don't know, especially time. And it's, it's time that the church, get when, when we get saved, that our whole household gets delivered and free. And the devil departed right then out of the child. And so what did Peter do? He kept his eyes on Jesus. What do we need to do? Keep our eyes on Jesus. Luke 9, 54. And it came to pass that they went their way. And a certain man said unto him, Lord, follow, I'll follow thee wherever you go. And Jesus said unto him, Faxes have holes and birds have air. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. And then said the same. And, let, and, Jesus, and, and he said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. Go and follow and, pre and, and he said, but go thou and preach the king. This is another, same thing, but on another, another, chap another chapter. And another said unto him, Lord, I'll follow you. Let me go say farewell to my family. How many say that when we're following Jesus? Well, you know what? Let me, when I retire, I'll start following you. I'll start doing things for you. Or when, I, we all do that because we're all, oh, I got, he said, well, this one said, I got a new oxen. I need to break it in. He says, I got a new Corvette. I got to test drive it. I got to get going. So just this, this thing about later, you know, doing it. When, but when God calls us, He calls us now. He didn't let Peter go back fishing. He said, Peter, do you love me? Three. And then he said, do you love me? And Peter again asked. So Peter denied him three times. He said, do you love me? And then the last time he said, he says, more than these. It was his livelihood. It was what he was making his earning on. It was the fish. It was what he did. It was his career. It was everything that meant everything in his life and everybody knew Peter as a fisherman. He's like, no, I'm going to make you fisher of men. 
And then he says, feed my sheep three times as well. Peter denies him three times. Jesus asks him, do do you love me three times? And then three times Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he said, Lord, I will follow you, but let first me go bid farewell and which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Peter, looking back in the boat, wasn't fit anymore to walk on the water. Although he had the power, he had the word, but he had his eyes on other things. He had the power, he had the word, and he had Jesus right before him. And Jesus said, and he said, Upon your word, Jesus, I will come. Everybody can stand up. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're forgetting those things behind. Father God, even yesterday, God, even our failures of yesterday, even our mistakes, and even, Father God, let us repent for our sins. Father, you, you said if, if we confess our sins one to another, you are faithful to, to, to forgive us. And, Father, you will not see them no more. Father God, as we, 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 we submit ourselves to prayer and you feeling you, hearing you, being led by you. The Bible says those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Father, we just break off the spirit of, a, of, of the orphan spirit right now. We receive the spirit of adoption into our new way, into you, Father God. Father God, all the Jezebel spirits attacking us, any Jezebel spirits, we bind them, trying to stop the authority and the power in the church. The Jezebel spirits trying to stop the, the, the men and women of God to speak boldly of who they are and what they are. Father God, that spirit that's, that subverts authority in houses and in homes and in churches and in governments and, and, and in the world, Father God, we just come against every spirit of perversion, God, that's in this land or in your church, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your order, your protection, and your grace. In Jesus' name. And you guys can just come if you want to just meet with the Lord and and, and strengthen your faith. In Jesus' name, amen.